You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome once again, it's the Throwback League. I'm your host, Josh Lewin. This is a 48-team tournament. We play a game each week for 48 weeks involving the 32 World Series champions from the mid-70s to the mid-00s. We have an at-large field of 16 pennant winners. We simulate the games on the great whatifsports.com algorithm. Check out the website. Check out our website, too. It's live, so you can track the progress of the brackets here. We are thethrowbackleague.com. And if we really wanted to throw back, we'd tell you www.thethrowbackleague.com because today we're throwing back to when we were all just getting our legs on the interwebs and AOL and CompuServe, Netscape Navigator. That was 1996. And we've got the NL champion from that year. Atlanta is a nine seed. The Braves play the eight seed, the 06 St. Louis Cardinals. So far, we got two games in the books. The 74 A's rallied past the 92 Braves. And the 77 Dodgers smoked the 96 Yankees, the team that uh, beat the Braves in that year's World Series. If you subscribe to the podcast, you can go back and hear those games if you missed them. Spoiler alert, each game so far has featured a pair of home runs from a number two hitter in the batting order. That's baseball, Susan. So uh, a quick note on today's game before we get going. I did play God a little bit on this one. uh, Because when I saw it was Jason Schmidt scheduled to pitch for Atlanta. And that was not his best year in 96. He got dealt to the Pirates with an ERA of a hat size, six and three quarters. So I figured let's even this up. Let's flip the game from St. Louis to Atlanta. At least give the Braves home field advantage. After all, this is an eight seed against a nine. It's not like we're flipping a five against a 12. So that's why this game is set at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium in its final year of hosting the Braves. The next year, the Bravos would head across the street to Turner Field and vacate that place after just 20 years. Let's set the scene by reminding you about what was going on around both teams. We'll get to Bobby Cox's uh, Atlantans in just a moment, but let's start with the Tony La Russa Cardinals of 06. And we're going to hear from Tony La Russa later in this podcast. I'm sure you remember 2006, Hannah Montana debuted on Disney Channel, 30 Rock, Dexter came into our lives. We had to deal with the whole Brangelina thing, rammed down our pie holes, right? Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Facebook was going full throttle for the first time. Dick Cheney shot some dude by mistake on a quail hunt. We all learned how to save and nice, thanks to Borat. Uh, Britney Spears was on the decline. Paris Hilton went clubbing without her underpants on. And the only thing we were hearing about Trump was he was feuding with Rosie O'Donnell. Certainly simpler times in 06. In baseball that year, well, this was the first season since 1990. The Braves failed to get into the playoffs. The MVPs were a couple first basemen I bet you'd forgotten about, Ryan Howard and Justin Morneau. Alfonso Soriano had a 40-40 season for the Nationals at RFK Stadium. And despite the steroid allegations, there was Barry Bonds passing Babe Ruth for second on the all-time home run list. You can call me on your Razor phone and tell me all about it. Hello, Moto. So uh, as for 96, let's get you in that frame of mind here. You may have been watching Arthur 
Or, hey Arnold, messing around with your Pokemon cards, watching Mystery Science Theater 3000, or listening to, uh, I don't know, Jewel, or Beck, or Fiona Apple, for all I know. Or R.E.M. Quick funny story about R.E.M. The great Rex Barney, former Dodger pitcher, longtime Orioles public relations, uh, public address announcer, was asked to read some copy promoting R.E.M. at the ballpark one day. And he said, ladies and gentlemen, introducing Rem. <laughs> I do miss Rex Barney. So anyway, uh, what else? Super Mario 64 on your video game console, I guess. Happy Gilmore in the movie theaters. That was 1996. And in baseball that year, two years removed from the strike, two years away from Chicks digging the long ball, Kirby Puckett retired way too early. Cal Ripken Jr. took an elbow to the nose at the AL All-Star photo shoot. Ken Caminiti dominated the National League. Brady Anderson hit 50 home runs for Baltimore. And in the offseason, interleague play approved for the following year. So there you go. You got the framework. You remember the errors a little better so we can get going. The starting lineups first for the 06 Cardinals. David Eckstein leading off shortstop for the Cardinals. Preston Wilson in left. Albert Pujols, great year, first baseman. Jim Edmonds in center. Scott Rowland, the third baseman. Juan Encarnacion in right. Ronnie Belliard, the second baseman. Young Yadier Molina, 23 years old. He's the catcher. And Jeff Weaver is the pitcher here in this one. A St. Louis team that won only 83 games, but once the playoffs began, they wouldn't lose. Down went the Padres, down went the Mets in seven, thanks to Carlos Beltran taking that curve from Adam Wainwright. Then they took down the heavily favored Tigers four games to one, and that was that. They were four games over 500. They won the whole damn thing. Normally, right here, we'd have our pregame analyst, uh, usually the great John Miller, give you 60 seconds or so on the team itself. But when we talked to John about the Cardinals, he wanted to talk instead about what always made Cardinals baseball so special to him all those years, and that was the broadcast booth, especially when Jack Buck was still in it right up through 2002. Jack Buck, uh, along with Mike Shannon, the former Cardinal, uh, they still brought it alive and, uh, and made it fun. Uh, Jack Buck, one of the, the great voices of the game, uh, a, a recipient of the Ford Frick Award at the Baseball Hall of Fame, and uh, always one of my favorites. So uh, Jack Buck, and then Mike Shannon was one of the ultimate characters and uh, he ultimately became a legend as a broadcaster uh, in St. Louis. So I, I think those guys were synonymous with Cardinals baseball. And, uh, and, and for me, uh, Jack Buck is uh, one of the guys that had one of the greatest voices of, of any baseball broadcaster. Not just outstanding at it, but a voice that you just love to hear uh, whatever he was talking about. All right, thanks, John, and indeed, great memories of Jack Puck myself. I always thought it was poignant, if not ironic, that the team visiting the Cardinals when he passed was the Angels. Uh, Jack Buck truly was an angel in St. Louis, about 50 years broadcasting Cardinal baseball. All right, the 96 Braves, let's go. Let's take it to 1996, and it's funny they're playing the Cardinals because the 96 Cardinals, that was the NLCS that year, Atlanta and St. Louis, and Kind of incredible NLCS. The Braves trailed three games to one, then outscored the Cardinals 32 to one from there. They had finished a regular season 96 and 66, got to the World Series, and could not hold that two nothing lead against the Yankees. Lost four games to two. Their in-season additions certainly helped. Mark Witten, Terry Pendleton, Luis Polonia, Denny Nagel, who was brought in from Pittsburgh in a package that included the guy getting the start for the Braves. 
in this matchup, the big righty Jason Schmidt. So, leading off for the Braves, left fielder Marquise Grissom. Fred McGriff at first, Ryan Klesko follows, and Chipper Jones at third. Javi Lopez is the catcher. Jermaine Dyes in right, Mark Lemke at second, Jeff Blauser at short, and Jason Schmidt indeed pitching batting ninth. The starting pitcher, Mr. Schmidt, is almost done with his warm-up throws. 1996, not a year that will hang in a museum for him. Longtime prospect for an organization that always seems to have pitching prospects. 6'5", a little over 200 pounds out of Kelso, Washington. Eventually this year, off he goes for Denny Nagel, but for now he's a brave and we're good to go. With the scrappy shortstop David Eckstein standing in for St. Louis. That whirly bird on deck circle routine of Eckstein's has become... Pretty famous, holds his bat in his left hand, spins it on his left side like a windmill. Then he paces the grass in front of that on-deck circle. He twirls his bat in all directions, looks like a juggler flipping bowling pins. Just a, a bundle of energy and ready to unleash it now. Five-foot-six-inch pepper pot against a giant in Jason Schmidt. David Eckstein wearing 22 on his slender back, right-hand hitter. And the first pitch of this one sails high, ball one. Eckstein hitting 292, couple of home runs, 23 runs batted in. He plays great defense, gets on base and sets the tone. We'll set that defense in just a moment. Outfield is in right now. Next pitch again, it's high, and that's ball two. Klesko, Grissom, and Die left to right in the outfield for Atlanta. Chipper Jones at third, Blouser at short, Lemke at second, Fred McGriff at first. And the next pitch fastball bounced foul down here at third. Eckstein won the 06 World Series MVP award. And the bright yellow Chevrolet Corvette Z6 that came with it. <laughs> Gave that shiny new car to his older brother as a thank you for helping him get to where he got Here's a 2-1. It's cut on, it's guide to left. Eckstein getting under it. And Klesko in a bit. Settles under it, makes the catch. One away. Preston Wilson next to the plate for these 06 Cardinals. So Taguchi has seen plenty of time in the Cardinal outfield this year as well. But Wilson, good fastball hitter, gets the call against Schmidt. 243 batter, eight home runs, a righty. Both the nephew and stepson of Mookie Wilson. Mookie married Preston's mom after Preston was born, is how that algebra works. Schmidt winds and fires. He misses low. The ball one with a slider. Well, these 06 Cardinals look a lot different from a year ago. Matt Morris gone. Marco Zalonic, Reggie Sanders, Julian Tavares, Larry Walker retired. Pitch from Schmidt a strike. This time at the knees, it's one and one. But still, this season started out with some pizzazz for the Cardinals. The team raced out 31-16 and 16 before Mark Mulder was lost for the year. And Jason Marquis with a 6.02 ERA. That wasn't great. Sidney Ponson was cut. Jason Isringhausen got hurt. Next one from Schmidt. A fastball is up and outside, 2-1. and one. On June of this 96 season, the Cardinals began to struggle. Albert Pujols went on the DL for the first time in his career. A couple days later, Isringhausen gave up a three-run homer in Cincinnati, and they lost 8-7. 2-1 from Schmidt, low with a slider, 3-1. They had run by the White Sox 20-6. They lost 13-5 out there with Jason Marquis giving up all 13 runs. 
They had the rookie, Anthony Reyes, throw a one-hitter the next night, but that one hit was a homer by Jim Tomey, and the Cardinals lost 1-0. Didn't really seem like a banner year at that point. Here's a 3-1 coming. Pop-up near third base. Way up there for Chipper Jones to scope out. Drifting towards the foul line, he puts it away. Two up, two down. Nice first inning so far for Jason Schmidt. But now it's Albert Pujols. And this is the danger zone. Pujols, Edmonds, and Roland. Starting with the incredible one-time 13th round draft pick, Mr. Pujols. 331 batting average, 49 home runs. Drove in close to 140, even stole seven bases. Nearly a 2-to-1 walks-to-strikeout ratio, too, which is crazy for a player this young and powerful. Nobody on, two out, top of the first. And the pitch to big number five, it wanders outside, 1-0. Starts him with a changeup. Pujols, having just become the first player ever with 30-plus homers his first six seasons in the big leagues. 1-0 the count to the guy who came all the way up from A-ball to begin his big league career. Here's Schmidt to the plate, called the strike, hugging that outside corner. Now, making the jump from single A, something that surprised but certainly pleased Tony La Russa a few years back, but La Russa reminds us no one expected Mark McGuire to make the Oakland A's back in 87. If you check the 87 Major League All-Star ballot, if you can find one, the first baseman representing Oakland on that ballot was Rob Nelson. Not too many car keys punching that hole out of the card. 1-1 from Schmidt is low, a slider 2-1. Tony La Russa says, yeah, Pujols, his physical skills are exceptional, but so are his technical skills and his mental approach. If you get Frankenstein together, the perfect specimen to have in a bat for you, Tony La Russa says he would come up with Albert Pujols. The 2-1 on its way. It's blasted up the middle base hit. Albert Pujols, what a sweet but violent swing. Marquise Grissom tossing the ball back, and it's Pujols at first for Jim Edmonds now. You know, you take all of Pujols' stats, all of his talent, add on the fact that he busts his tail to first base every time he hits the ball. You gotta love that guy. Here's Edmonds, charismatic left-hand batter, wears 15 on his back. Known for his unbelievable defense in center. 1997 is when he made that amazing, sprawling Superman catch in Kansas City. This year, as a Cardinal, as always, a great defense, but also 19 homers, 70 runs batted in at the age of 36. And the pitch to the four-time All-Star is low for a ball. It's 1-0. Edmonds known as both Jimmy Ballgame and Jimmy Baseball back in St. Louis. Had an 18-year Major League career. Pujols the lead from first, now the 1-0. Fastball rolled on the ground near the line at first. It's foul. So we'll do it again to Jim Edmonds. In a scoreless game, top of the first. Jason Schmidt, bit of an oversized uniform on him. And he is a big guy. Next pitch coming, swing, and that is rolled at fair this time towards first. The crime dog is over there, and McGriff plays the third hop. Takes it to the bag, and that's the inning. Not bad from Jason Schmidt. He has the 6.75 ERA. No runs, one hit, one left. Bottom of the first coming up. It's scoreless between the 06 Cardinals and 96 Braves. And as Jeff Weaver runs out for his warm-up throws for St. Louis, 
A word from our initial sponsor here at the Throwback League. We're very pleased to have the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf on board. I never met a guy in the coffee business as big in the baseball as our good buddy John Fuller. And I do appreciate everybody at the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf for helping to make this podcast possible. You know, since 1963, the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf has been bringing you the finest coffees and teas from around the world, responsibly sourced ingredients, handcrafted coffees and teas, the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, an experience like no other. Now available for a limited time, you can try their new Dolce de Leche Latte or world-famous Ice Blended. Many thanks to John and JJ and all the good folks at Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf all around the West Coast and coming soon to Brooklyn if you're in and around New York. We are here in Atlanta, and the Tomahawk Chop begins to get these Braves fans rolling. Appropriated from Florida State football fans who have been chopping in Tallahassee for a number of years. And this Braves version of the chop really took when they began their run of domination in the very early 90s. A local gas company sponsored a giveaway one September afternoon. And as the Braves rallied to win a game and overtake the Dodgers in the standings, 40,000 giveaway foam rubber tomahawks were in motion with a chant they say could be heard a mile down the road. And those first tomahawks were orange, by the way, the color of the logo from the company that was sponsoring the giveaway. Marquise Grissom, the leadoff man, no score. Grissom, the catalyst for this exciting Atlanta lineup. 308 batting average, 23 home runs, 28 stolen bases. This is his biggest power season. And Weaver, the Californian, sweeps in a slider. It's called a strike at the knees, nothing in one to the native Georgian. Outfield straight away, left to right out there, looking at Preston Wilson, Jim Edmonds, and Juan Encarnacion. Here's the 0-1 now from the long-haired Weaver. Swing roller towards left, and it's through for a base hit. Wilson charges, firing in, and a base-stealing threat has reached for Atlanta. Nice piece of hitting by Grissom on back-to-back sliders. Measured the first one, went after the second. Now here is Fred McGriff. The popular first baseman hit 295 here this 96 season. 28 home runs, 107 runs batted in. Five-time All-Star, big lefty, wears number 27 as a Brave, usually wears 29. Former Blue Jay, former Padre, he'll end up as a Dodger and Devil Ray once he heads towards his 40s. This year is a 32-year-old awfully dangerous, and he takes outside from Weaver Ball 1. Grissom a safe lead for now. Maybe wants to let McGriff utilize that big hole on the right side of the infield. A couple years ago, McGriff homered in his Braves debut. The night the press box famously caught on fire. That was against the Cardinals and Rene Orocha. To dead center over the head of Brian Jordan. McGriff, that thin mustache, the backside sticking way off a home plate, holds the bat still as Weaver delivers. Swing, pop-up, into the infield, drifting towards short. David Eckstein settling under it. He's got it, squeezing it for out number one. Fred McGriff, power bat, chasing a slider there. So with one-on-one out, here's Ryan Klesko, who, like Weaver, is from L.A. originally. Klesko was a pitcher back in high school at a 92-mile-an-hour fastball and an offer to play at Arizona State. But he signed with the Braves as their fifth-round pick in 89. Left-hand batter, and the pitch to him in there for a strike. It's nothing in one. 
Last year, Klesko becoming the first player to hit a home run in three straight World Series games. Did it against the Indians. Throw to first and Grissom back. Game five of that World Series, ninth inning homer to right off Jose Mesa, almost caught by his mom. She was right near it. Klesko wound up trading out a Greg Maddox baseball for that souvenir. Another toss to first and Grissom back. No score, bottom one. Klesko this year, a 282 hitter, 34 home runs. Got Chipper Jones on deck. And now the 0-1 pitch. Swing, another pop-up, first base side, foul ground. Albert Pujols has the range. He has got it, crowd number two. Boy, we've had three pop-ups from these two teams in the first inning here in Atlanta. Grissom still at first, and here is Larry Wayne Jones. Chipper Jones, 24 years old this season. Great year for the switch hitter. 309 average, 30 homers. Successful on 14 out of 15 steals. The next two batters, by the way, Javi Lopez and Jermaine Dye, they are one of seven and one of five, respectively, on their stolen base attempts. Grissom, a much better base runner, has that lead from first. Now Weaver to Jones, batting left, and it's low. With a slider, it is 1-0. Chipper Jones, the number one overall pick in the draft, you may recall. The year after Klesko, Jones was 1990. Eight-time All-Star batting champion, MVP in 99. The only switch hitter with more runs batted in when he retired was the great Eddie Murray. Weaver looking in, check of Grissom at first. Now he deals, it's looped, foul back this way out of play. It's one and one. Chipper Jones, part of a tremendous Hall of Fame class in 2018. Jim Tomey, who we just mentioned, Vlad Guerrero, Trevor Hoffman. 468 home runs, and it only seemed like every single one of them was against the Mets. 1-1 delivery from the righty Jeff Weaver. Sharply hit ground ball to right to third. Scott Rowland, Gold Glover has it. Guns it across to first, and that ends the inning. A nine-pitch, no-problem first inning for the slider specialist Jeff Weaver. No score at the end of one. 96 Braves and 06 Cardinals. Two Hall of Fame managers going at it. Familiar opponents for sure, and Bobby Cox and Tony La Russa. We caught up with La Russa, 33 years as a manager, guided his teams to World Series titles three times, six league championships, 12 division titles, and he weighed in on his 06 World Series team, which made the World Series after that 10-7 game series with the Mets, all the way through to play the favored and heavily rested Detroit Tigers. Well, you know, one of the things that's misleading is that our, our long-lost regular, well, you know, with 83 wins or something, that we were we were in really good shape towards the end of July, first of August, and then we just got hurt. We lost about four or five regulars, and it really stunted, you know, the way we would finish. But by the time we got into the playoffs, we had the whole team was intact. You know, Roland was back out there, and so was Edmund, so was Albert. So we were a, we were a good team, and when, you know, winning that first series was important. But I think more than anything else. We knew we were going to have a, a, a real contest with the Mets, and we lost, to me, the, the, one of the best uh, feelings I had about the toughness on the club was we were up 3-2, and we had Carpenter pitching on uh, game six, and we lost that game, 
Now, we were really wanting to win that game so we could save Supon for game one in the World Series if we got in, right? And we lost game six, and we were really down, and our club did a terrific job. When that game was over, we regrouped in that locker room. Before we left the ballpark after game six, we had regrouped mentally to, to, to know that, look, that game is behind us, and we're going to come out tomorrow, and we'll, you know, we'll pitch Supon. Let's worry about the World Series. When we get there, sure enough, Soup pitches a great game. We get in, and that means that since we don't have Supon, we pitch the rookie, Anthony Reyes. And I think the, the story there was that Jim's team, you know, just like ours in 88, you know, when you, when, you, when you sit around, you lose some timing. And your hitters foul balls off that are down the middle, and you just are not as competitive. You just lose some, some, some sharpness. And it, and it hurt us in 88, and it hurt, it hurt the Tigers in the first couple of games. Thank you, Tony, and it's true. Tony's 88 A's had suffered from that same affliction, and those 06 Tigers, Curtis Granderson, 2 for 21, Maglio Ordonez, 2 for 19, Placido Polanco, 0 for 17, and down they went four games to one, including a Chris Carpenter three-hit shutout. So it's not always great to have all that rest, as it turns out. His 06 Cardinals team coming up now in the top of the second. Jason Schmidt on the mound for the 96 Braves. His best years are way down the road. It was a struggle this year, but soon enough, 17 wins in San Francisco, 18 a year after that. In 03, at the age of 30, he'll lead the National League in ERA, but this year a struggle. And he gets the slugging righty third baseman, Scott Rowland, to begin this top of the second at Fulton County Stadium. Last year at this circular, symmetrical ballpark, known for so long as the launching pad. Remember, they used to have that teepee out in the outfield bleachers for Chief Nakahoma. The Braves mascot. There was briefly a princess that they gave the chief as well. Princess Wenolata. Boy, we sure were a bunch of insensitive nitwits back in 1996. Anyway, uh, Scott Rowland in and waiting. Big, beefy former Philly eyeballs a strike at the knees. It is nothing in one. Rowland, the Jasper, Indiana native. Eight-time gold glover, seven-time all-star. Out last year with a labrum tear. Finally returned to full-time duties here in 06. Finished up hitting 292. Here's the 0-1 to him. It's flared in the right, dropping quickly. It is down for a base hit in front of a hard-charging Jermaine Dye. Roland easing past first. He'll go back, slapping hands with first base coach Dave McKay. And next to the plate, the right fielder, the right-hand hitting Juan Encarnacion. Not a bad year for the former Tiger. 19 homers, 79 batted in. Like this team, a bit of an up-and-down season. There were two eight-game losing streaks for the Cardinals this year and a seven-game or two. The pitch, it's low. It's 1-0. Cardinals had losing months in June, August, and September. That 83-78 and 78 record, the worst for the Cardinals in seven years. But they won the NLCS. They won the World Series. Next one to Encarnacion inside. It's 2-0. Of course, they almost didn't win the division. The Cardinals had been up by eight and a half on September 19th, and they almost had an all-time crumble. In fact, that lead was down to half a game the season's final weekend. Here's a 2-0 from the young righty, Jason Schmidt. It's in the dirt, blocked by Javi Lopez, and rolling back to first. 3-0, the count to a guy who usually doesn't walk very much. Second baseman Ronnie Belliard waiting on deck. No score, top of the second. 
And the 3-0 pitch. That's high, ball four. And the Cardinals have a little something going now. Two on, nobody out. And although it's the bottom of the order now, beginning with the light-hitting Belliard, this is a great chance for St. Louis. 237 batting average for Belliard, five home runs. Splitting time at second with the popular Aaron Miles this year. Runners away from first and second. Belliard, solid defensive player. Made a huge play to help them win game one of the NLDS against the Padres this year. Ankle guard down low on his right pants leg. He takes the strike right down the middle. Nothing in one. And Schmidt, even having dealt that strike, is off the rubber for a moment. Yadier Molina on deck. Molina, just a 216 hitter this year. But of course, he's just now getting things figured out. You've got Roland the leadoff second, then Carnacion from first. Schmidt has the sign he wants from Lopez in the 0-1. On its way, fastball, bounce to second. Play for Lemke on to second base for one. The throw to first is not in time. They get one, but not the double play. Roland scoots to third, so the runners are at the corners now. One out. And the batter will be the young Puerto Rican catcher, Mr. Molina. And I guess when you think of these 06 Cardinals, you have to think a bit about NLCS Game 7 and Molina's critical home run off Aaron Heilman in the Mets. That game was still tied with one out in the top of the ninth. Roland singled and Molina batting next. 16 homers and 937 big league at-bats at that point. Two-run jack over the left field wall gave the Cardinals that 3-1 lead. The pitch to Yachty is high for a ball 1-0. Of course, in the bottom of that ninth in Queens, the Mets loaded the bases with two outs. They had singles by Jose Valentin and Andy Chavez with a, a walk to Paul LaDuca, the catcher. Bases loaded for Carlos Beltran. And, as you may know, Adam Wainwright frozen with that curveball. 1-0 pitch to Molina. Line drive, center field, base hit, Roland trotting in from third. Belliard stopping at second. St. Louis on top here in the second inning. It's 1-0. And Leo Mazzone out to the mound to try and settle down Jason Schmidt. But Yadier Molina gets the hit. That breaks the scoreless tie. Now Jason Schmidt, no doubt, the weakest link of an otherwise stellar Braves rotation. John Smoltz, 24 wins this year, 294 ERA. Tom Glavin, 15 wins. Maddox, 15 wins. Steve Avery, the fourth man in the rotation. All right, Mazzoni goes back to the dugout. In a first and third situation, you don't think about a steal here, not with the pitcher coming up. And also because St. Louis is just not a base-stealing team this year. Used to be, of course, big time a decade ago with Coleman and McGee and those guys. But this year, the leader in stolen bases is So Taguchi with 11. one nothing ball game. The first delivery to Weaver, who shows Buntits low for ball one. By the way, don't forget when it's time to pinch hit for St. Louis later in the game. Among the guys they have available, the popular and clutch Scott Spezio. Pitch again is low, 2-0. Spezio, that last weekend of the regular season, had the bases loaded triple in the bottom of the eighth to help the Cardinals beat Milwaukee. That pretty much punched their postseason ticket. Schmidt laboring a bit. Next pitch outside, again, in a bunting situation. It's now three balls, no strikes. And wow, action already in the Atlanta bullpen. Looks like the righty Joe Borowski.
stand third for the 06 Cardinals. A run already in. Top of the second here in Atlanta. Weaver, long and lean. Actually had a double his first ever big league at bat as a Tiger back in 99. He's waiting on a 3-0, and it's low. Ball four. Wow, he walked the pitcher. The base is loaded now. Just one out. And up comes David Eckstein. The MVP of what was a bad 06 World Series. Tigers had a week off. They were rusty, to put it nicely. Their pitchers making an error in all five games that World Series somehow. So a sloppy World Series that the Cardinals dominated. They won the clinching game, hitting nothing but singles. But when Adam Wainwright struck out Brandon Inge, the party began. one nothing ball game. Pitch on the way there is a strike from Schmidt. Nothing in one. To a very easy guy to root for, David Eckstein, five foot six, thinning blonde hair, total overachiever, one-time walk-on in college, University of Florida. He was a 19th round pick of the Red Sox originally. Made his mark, of course, with the Angels. He and Jim Edmonds, both formerly of Anaheim, now doing a great job for these 06 Cardinals. Runners away from all three bases, one nothing St. Louis. The rock and the pitch from Schmidt fouled up the first baseline, and now Schmidt ahead, nothing in two. Infield, the devil play depth. Jones, Blauser, Lemke, McGriff around the horn. Schmidt looking in, he nods as he gets his sign. The big leg kick, and he delivers. It's a called strike on the outside corner. Called third strike. Wow. Eckstein, known for having a very good eye, but country Joe West says that's strike three. As the umpire hears it now from that St. Louis dugout, Tony LaRusse is up on that top step. But Eckstein's out, and with two down now, it is Preston Wilson. Looking at the replay, boy, borderline pitch. Looked like a slider that backed up just a little bit, but a huge pitch for Schmidt who had just walked the pitcher moments before. Here is Preston Wilson, popped out in the first, so he's nothing for one. Playing left field, which was kind of left unsettled in the offseason, would remain so all year for the Cardinals here in 06. No player getting more than a third of the playing time at that position. Here's a pitch to the righty. It's called the ball inside 1-0. Wilson designated for assignment by Houston earlier this summer. Turns out they could have used him. Houston missing the playoffs by a game. Wilson helping the Cardinals win the World Series in the inaugural season at Bush Stadium the third. Bases loaded, two out. And the pitch to Wilson coming. Line drive, left center, base hit. One run in. Molina chugging home. Relay throw from Grissom to Blauser heading on in. It's up the line. Molina scores, the ball gets away, Lopez chases it down, Wilson stays at first, he just lined a two-out, two-run single, and it's three to nothing St. Louis. And boy, seven of the last ten batters have reached now against Schmidt. And with Borowski getting ready, you wonder if Bobby Cox is thinking about a change right now. It is Albert Pujols coming up, and the young superstar already has a line drive single himself. But it looks like they'll stay with Schmidt, at least for now. His challenge with two men still on is a guy who just drove in 137 runs this past season. 
And he was the MVP last season. He'll win it again three times more. This year in 06, he lost out to Ryan Howard in a very close vote. The Astros' Lance Berkman finishing third. Pujols' first 10 years in the big leagues, his average season, 332 average, 41 home runs. And the first pitch to him here is low for a ball 1-0. In those first 10 years, Pujols more homers than Hank Aaron had. More runs batted in than Musial. Higher batting average than Tony Gwynn. More runs scored than Ricky Henderson. Just amazing. And a greedy hitter, Tony La Russa says. He wants every RBI. He's got a chance for a, at least a couple of them here. He's ahead in the count, 1-0. Two men on, and the pitch on the way. Slider crushed. It's deep in the left. Way back into those bleachers, it's going to go! It's a home run! Three-run home run, Pujols. And the Cardinals now way out in front. It is six to nothing. And that's going to do it for Jason Schmidt. They left him in one batter too long. And here comes Bobby Cox to rescue him. We just talked about Pujols as a greedy hitter, an RBI machine. Sure enough, there's three of them. And these unlikely 83-win Cardinals of 06, they just keep rolling along. And all right, here's where we move ahead and tell you how the rest of all this played out, because podcasts are not supposed to be three hours, right? Eight seed against the nine seed, this turned into a home run derby. This is Fulton County Stadium, after all, the launching pad. And a total of nine home runs would end up being hit in this one. Let's walk you through what happened. Borowski would stem the tide in the top of the second, though he did walk two batters before retiring Encarnacion. So the Braves got a home run from Javi Lopez in the bottom of the second. That cut it to 6-1. to one. Cardinals volleyed back, though, on an RBI single from Eckstein in the top of that third. Braves would get two back in the bottom of the third. Homers from Fred McGriff and Chipper Jones off Weaver. So a high-scoring 7-3 game through three. And Weaver gave up another home run. In the last of the fifth, this time to the lefty Ryan Klesko, that made it 7-4. You note that all of these are solo home runs. Braden Looper came on in relief. He allowed a home run to Lopez. That's his second of the game. So, by the way, we've played three games in the throwback league now, and in every one of them, we've had somebody hit two home runs in a game. Lopez's went just inside the left field foul pole to make it 7-5. Jermaine Dye followed with a single, but Mark Lemke lined to short, and that is as close as the Braves would get, 7-5 at that point. A Chris Duncan sack fly for St. Louis in the 6th, rolling a home run in the 7th off Brad Klontz. That extended things to 11-5 for the visitors, and the only pushback was a Jermaine Dye two-run homer in the 7th, making the final 06 Cardinals 11 and the 96 Braves 7. 11-14-0 for St. Louis. They advance to play the one seed down the road. That'll be the big red machine, the 1975 Cincinnati Reds. And as for Atlanta, wow, they hit six home runs, but five of them were solos. They ended up with seven runs, 12 hits, one error. Yeah, they hit a half a dozen homers. They lost by four runs. Jorge Sosa, the win in relief of Weaver. Schmidt, the loss, having allowed six runs in just an inning and two-thirds. So that concludes game three of our tournament, the eight seed over the nine seed. And next up, remembering new podcasts drop every Monday, we'll have a five seed against a 12, the 01 Diamondbacks hosting the team that lost the 75 World Series, the Fred Lynn, Jim Rice, Boston Red Sox. Pitching matchup set, Luis Tiant and Randy Johnson. How do you like that? Should be a good one, right? 
So, uh, we'll see what's going on from the Bob at that point, Bank One Ballpark in Phoenix. But until then, once again, the final score in this one, it was the 06 St. Louis Cardinals, 11, the 96 Atlanta Braves, 7. This is Josh Lewin. Don't forget to check out the website, too, thethrowbackleague.com. Goodbye.